All right, we're going to be uh, back in Corinthians. I think I'm just going to take this off. First Corinthians chapter 12. First Corinthians chapter 12. As you know, we're going through the series on the church, and we've been camping out on the spiritual gifts. We've been looking at the different gifts. We've been looking at the fact that all of us have a gift. These are gifts that are coming from Jesus Christ to every true believer. And all of those gifts, no matter what those gifts are that you have, are to be used. Amen? Literally one amen. All right. <laughs> so the question becomes, what, what is that gift? Right? If God has given me a gift, what is that gift that he's given to me? Because if he's given me a gift to be used in the body of Christ, to not use it, good or bad? Bad. That's not a good thing. So one of the things that we've been seeing is, number one, we all have a gift. The gifts are different. And who determined which gift you were given? God. So that should remove any comparison that we have with one another. And in the context of this chapter, chapter 12, as Paul is unpacking, again, the purpose for the gifts, he is really dealing with a larger issue around these gifts, and that is that the believers in the church at Corinth were dividing. There were some Christians who thought they were better than other Christians. And in the context, he's addressing gifts, but he's also addressing the right mindset that we ought to have about these gifts. So we're going to look at 1 Corinthians 12, and, and, and we're going to finish this chapter by God's grace today. And then, Lord willing, next Sunday, we'll be in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Now, 1 Corinthians chapter 13 is known as what? Anybody know? The love chapter. Isn't it interesting that the love chapter is right in the middle of a controversy that's happening in the church. I don't think that's a mistake. That God, through the Apostle Paul, maybe I should just talk like this. <laughs> that God, through the Apostle Paul, talks about love in chapter 13. I think sometimes when we think about the love chapter, we think, well, Paul just wanted to write about what, what love is. Well, yes, he did, but he's addressing what love is in the middle of a conversation about gifts because of the way these Christians were treating one another. So we got to look at the whole context, how it all comes together. And one of the things that he's going to say, as you guys are fighting over these gifts, and thinking that somebody is better than somebody else. Do you want to know what the greatest gift is? He says love. So it shows you right there that these gifts are not for our own self-promotion. They are for the body of Christ. Amen? So let's ask God's blessing on the word. And we're going to start at 1 Corinthians 12. I'm going to read through, right on through to where we're going to camp out today. Father, thank you for your word today. And then, Father, we just pray that you would open up our eyes. Give us understanding. God, we want to understand your heart. We want to understand the gifts. We want to understand how we should be navigating in our lives in light of these gifts. So we pray, Father, that you would please open up our eyes through your Holy Spirit. And we thank you in Christ's name. Amen. Let's start at right, verse 1. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brothers, I do not want you to be uninformed. You know that when you were pagans, you were led astray to mute idols, however you were led. 
Therefore, I want you to understand that no one speaking in the Spirit of God ever says, Jesus is a curse. And no one can say, Jesus is Lord, except in the Holy Spirit. And remember what we were talking about. What did he say? What was going on? He's talking to believers. Don't you realize that before you knew Jesus Christ, you worship pagans, you worship idols, you did not have the Holy Spirit on the inside of you. There was no way that you declared Jesus Christ was Lord. As a matter of fact, you were, you were like, Jesus Christ, be cursed. That was the old you. But now you're a believer. And it's only by the Spirit of God that any believer can say, Jesus is Lord. Why is he saying this? Remember, very important. He's trying to let these brothers and sisters know. Stop dividing and fighting and bickering. You all are on the same level. Your brother declares Jesus Christ as Lord. You know why? Because he has the Spirit of God in him, just like you do. You see what he's doing? He's breaking down this division, reminding them who they are in Jesus Christ. Verse 4. Now, there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are varieties of service, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but it is the same God, there's the key, who empowers them all in everyone. Different allocations is the idea. God has allocated how he wanted to, and God is the only one who empowers the use of those gifts. Look at verse 7. To each is given. To who? Each. Each. We can actually change that word. You can say to me. Say to me. To me. All right. Two of y'all believe. <laughs> They're really quiet. Yes. Trust me. <laughs> <laughs> to each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. We talked about this. Again, we'll just do a quick little review. How does the Holy Spirit manifest himself? among God's people. Are you catching this? Through the gifts. Mm -hmm. That's powerful. Amen. That's powerful. Do, do, do you see that? I, I, hope, I hope in this series you, you're feeling the weight, the importance of the spiritual gifts. Mm -hmm. The Holy Spirit gives each of us a gift, and through those gifts, as we function in them, the Holy Spirit... That's how he makes himself known. Amen. Wow. So to not use that gift, in essence, you could say we grieve the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. We quench the Spirit. Let's go on. And notice it's for the common good. This is not for self-promotion. It's for the common good. Verse 8 then, he says, For to one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom, and to another the utterance of knowledge according to the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by the one Spirit. To another, the working of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, the ability to distinguish between spirits. To another, various kinds of tongues. To another, the interpretation of tongues. All these are empowered by one and the same Spirit. Okay, so notice, he, he doesn't unpack and go into a bunch of detail describing what each of those gifts are. We're going to get there. We're going to get there. The point Paul's trying to make right now, he's addressing this division in the church, this faulty thinking when it comes to the gifts. And he says, listen, all of these different gifts are among you, but they are empowered by one and the same Spirit Amen. who apportions to each one individually as he wills. And that's where we ended last week. 
him emphasizing that you have a gift, God gave it to you, you have exactly, please hear this, you have exactly the gift God wanted you to have. Amen. Think about that. Why? I, I wish I had the gift of... You have the exact gift. God has given you what he wants you to have. Amen. And I know there are a lot of times where, where, where Christians will look at their gift and they're discontent. I just feel like this doesn't really, I'm not really doing anything. I'm not up front. I don't have those supernatural gifts. I don't have, and it's that way we stop. Because as you start thinking that way, that's actually an indictment on God. Because you have what God gave you. Amen? Amen. It changes the way we should think about these gifts. Like, Lord, what you've given me, I have exactly what you wanted me to have. See, Paul's point here, and you're going to see here as we begin to unpack verse 12, get your eyes off the gift. Amen. That's his point. Stop looking at the gift and look at the purpose of the gift, which is the body. The building up of the body of Christ. The manifestation of the Spirit. The love of God among us. If we were to focus on that more than, hey, what gift do you have? What gift do you have? Mm -hmm. The division would have gone away in this church. Amen. So now let's start at verse 12 as we pick up. Notice this metaphor he's now going to give of the body. Notice it's very interesting. He's not going in and explaining all the different gifts that he just listed. Why? Because Paul, in this chapter, is on a mission to get us to understand the importance of the oneness of the body of Christ. So look at what he says. For just as the body is one and has many members, and all members of the body... Though many are one body, so it is with Christ. We are one. We are one in Christ. There is one body of Christ. This local body of Christ. We are one. Amen. Amen? Amen. It echoes one Lord, one faith, one baptism. There's no hierarchy here. This is all about Jesus Christ. Amen. Praise God. And yet we are all members individually. Uniquely, we all have something to offer to the whole body that Christ might be exalted, that we might be built up. So Paul now is going to use this metaphor to show what? Every single member of the church is vital. Amen. Now you may not feel that way, but again, you've got to learn something in your Christian walk, and it's hard. Here it is. You don't go with your feelings. You go with what the Word of God says. Amen. So many times we just go, well, I just feel, okay, I, I believe you feel that way. <laughs> There's times where I feel certain ways, but it ain't a reality. Mm -hmm. I feel like a million bucks a day. Got no money broke. Mm -hmm. Right? Don't let your feelings dictate the truth of what God says in his word. Amen. And God says in his word that each and every one of us have a gift. Each and every one of us are vital to functioning, having this local body at hope function the way God wants it to function, regardless of how you feel. Amen. And I praise God for that. Romans 12, 4 to 5. Again, we had looked at this passage a few weeks ago, but it echoes the same thing that Paul is saying here. Look at Romans chapter 12, verses 4 to 5. For as in one body, there it is again, we have many members, and the members do not all have the same function. And guess what? That's okay, because that's the way God designed it. Verse 5, so we, though many, are one body in Christ. So even though we're one, yet individually, or and individually, members of what? One another. Guys, if we could grab this as 
God's chosen blood-bought believers. You and I have obligation to one another. Do we, I don't know if we, if we believe that. But, you know, people like to come to church and they're like, you know, I just, you know, religion is a personal thing to me. You know, I just believe God. Uh, you don't find that in Scripture. Amen. Amen. You don't find that. We had a dear old sister that back in Philly, and I would, hey, how you doing? Always trying to see how she's doing. She would never. Uh, back then, I was a deacon. Deacon Jones? <laughs> I know where I'm at with my Lord. I don't discuss my religion with anybody. I'm like, well, I'm not asking you about your religion. I'm asking you just about your walk. Like, what can I pray for? And she was adamant. That's private. Okay, but then I read this. We're individually members one of another. What, what does that practically mean? Amen. What does that mean? Did I just come and sit and I don't know anybody? You don't know me. I don't know you. I don't know how to pray for you. I don't know how to encourage. No, no. We are members of one another. And I get it. I hear the horror stories all the time in counseling. All the reasons people, one, don't go to church. Two, don't open up when they do go to church. I get it. When you've been burned, when you've been talked about, when you go to a pastor and pour your heart out to the pastor and what you say to the pastor comes over the pulpit in his next sermon right. as an illustration. I get it. I've heard those stories. But guys, we cannot not do church God's way because of past hurts and pains. Amen. God designed the church. And this is the way the church is to function. Amen. 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 Let's go back to our passage in Corinthians and start picking it up in verse 13. So he says, for in one spirit. Do, do you see how many times he's using words like one, one, right? For in one spirit, we were all baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks, slaves or free. And all were made to drink of one spirit. What is he saying? We all have the Holy Spirit in us. Amen. We belong to Jesus. Amen. You are forever my eternal brother and sister in the Lord. Amen. Let me put it this way. We're stuck with one another. Amen. <laughs> with your biological family, you can pick and choose who you call, Right? You can pick and choose who you invite to those little Christmas parties, right? He said, oh yeah, we gonna call, no, 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 don't call him, man, no, I don't, no, he got too much drama in his life. Not so with God's people. Amen. Because we are one. Because Christ dwells in us. God has granted unto us salvation through Jesus Christ. How dare I then sit and say, well, I don't want to be a part of those other people that you've also granted salvation to. Whoa. No, God says we are one. Guys, do you see without this mindset, you will just not want to open up and get close with anybody. Mm -hmm. Trust me, I get it. Been there, done it. Hey, how you doing, Pastor? Fine. <laughs> and they can pray for it? Nope, all good. I did that for years. And it was just like, Flying just even among other pastors on staff. Like nobody opened it up. So so I get I get what that feels like when you have bad experiences, right? But that's not the way God intended. God intends for us to come alongside, speak into each other's lives, pray for one another, encourage one another, exhort one another. This is how the Holy Spirit manifests itself among us. Amen. And I want that. Yes. We all should want that. And you know what? What's the end result of that? It's for our good. Amen? Amen. It's for our good. So the position that we are in, we are now by one Spirit, that Holy Spirit, this active presence of the Spirit of God is among us, joining us together. And we ought to be living it out practically as we relate to one another. Amen? Amen. Let's look at verse 14. Now, he goes into this metaphor. He's stressing the oneness that we have. He's stressing 
It is by the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit's filling that is in us, that is present among us. And now, to drive that spiritual point home, he gives this metaphor of the body. Notice what he says, for the body does not consist of one member, but of many. I'm coming back to it again. Do you see how he's harping on this? Again, remember the context. Why is he harping on this? Because there's division in the church at Corinth, and they are fighting and dividing over the spiritual gifts. And he had to come back and write this letter in response and get them to think biblically about these gifts. For the body does not consist of one member but of many. Paul's point is what? Each member, each of us, we can't exist separately and still be part of the body. Amen. Think about that. <laughs> this is the point he's driving home. If we are one in Christ and we are the body of Christ, okay, right, then you can't function separate from the rest of the body and say you're part of the body. You, you would cease to be a body. Do you understand what he's saying? Right? In other words, you can't say, oh, look, there's a hand over there, and that's a body. No, you would say what? No, that's a hand. A hand does not exist just by itself. It exists attached to a body. Are you following me? Okay. Now watch, watch how he, he gives this analogy, because I think this is something we need to understand. When people say, well, I just want to come and worship, and I just want to come and worship God. And I, and, um, for the believer, that's not an option. <laughs> like, you can't do that, because you're part of the body. This is the argument he's making. Watch, watch. Look what he says. Verse 14 of 15. If the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body. See, there it is. That would not make it any less a part of the body. See what he's saying? <laughs> we, by default, because of the Holy Spirit on the inside of us, has baptized us into Christ. We are now one body in Christ. That is forever your position. Amen. Doesn't matter the past pain. It doesn't matter what people said, what people did. You are part of the body of Christ. And Paul is trying to get them to see, do you understand relationally who all of you are? If you did, you would not be having that division over the spiritual gifts. Mm -hmm. Wow, it's a powerful argument. And if the ear, 16, should say, because I am not an I, I do not belong to the body. That would not make it any less a part of the body. If the whole body were an I, where would be the sense of hearing? If the whole body were an ear, where would be the sense of smell? In other words, again, what is he saying? There are no elite people in God's eyesight when it comes to the body of Christ. All of us are part of the body. Amen. Everything that we have, all the gifts that we have, they're given to the body. Yes, individually we have the gift, but in context of being connected to the body, there's no elitism in God's eyes. And I can't say, well, I'm going to just be over here. I'm, I'm not really a part of the body. He says, that's as crazy as saying, the foot saying, because I'm not a hand, I'm not part of the body. Mm -hmm. Do you see the argument that he's making? It's a powerful argument. We are all part of the body. Look at verse 18. He says, but as it is, I love that. <laughs> you can say, well, I'm not a part, well, I'm not, okay, that, that's great. Let me tell you how it is. <laughs> this, this is how it is, though. Again, forget about how you feel. 
Forget about how you feel. But as it is, in light of what he just said, those prior verses, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them, there it is again, that emphasis, as he chose. Wow. You're in. You're in. No true believer is not part of the body of Christ. Mm -hmm. This is his point. No true believer. You are part of the body. What follows is that the only reason you're part of the body because you've been regenerated by the power of the Holy Spirit. He's now living in you. You've been given a gift, deposited to you, to use within the body. Amen. Like the Holy Spirit came, the minute you came and got saved, here's your gift. Oh, here. Oh, oh what was it? No, no, I'm good. I'm good. No, no you don't have a choice. It's a gift I gave you. Use it in the body. Amen. And you know what happens? We get like 2% of the people in churches that open up their gift and say, okay, gift of service, all right, cool. Oh, gift of knowledge, okay, cool. And they use it. And the other ones are like, eh. Or the gift is in their lap and they're like, I don't even know what that is. <laughs> and then you wonder why we walk into churches and it just feels like, blah. Mm -hmm. Not that y'all are like that today. I know everybody's tired. <laughs> I'm tired too. But I'm just talking about the in general, right? You walk into churches, it just feels stale. It just feels like you're going through the motions. Okay, song, song, offering. Song, song, announcement, offering, kids come up, sing, Christmas tree, look at the lights on me, spin around, good. Okay, Merry Christmas, everybody. And you're like, well, something's missing. Mm -hmm. Nobody's using their gifts. Everybody comes and sees a performance and leaves. Mm -hmm. And yet this, this intimacy that God's talking about, I've given you gifts to build one another up. This is the manifestation of my spirit. Like, there ought to be something more happening. Amen? Amen. Paul is saying, God's the one who has arranged us, each one of us, as he chose. Paul is not just talking about, oh, this is something that, 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 that God really is, is hoping um, will happen. Like, hey, I'm, 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 I'm hoping that, that this kind of works out. This is the way I want it. No, he's saying, in God's sovereignty, he designed it, and he decreed it, and we are all sitting in here gifted. Amen. Period. And this is why we're so passionate about, we need to understand these truths. And yes, we'll get, we're getting there to the practical, right? That question comes up. Okay, so then what is my gift? But again, here's what I don't want you to do. Don't be so enamored about, okay, well, what's my gift? Get the right mindset first. Amen. Because that's what they were doing. They were so enamored with the gift. With the gift. Oh, he speaks in tongues. Oh, he has a gift of prophecy. Oh, I wish I had that. Well, no, I, I got that gift. Paul's like, stop. Amen. Get your focus on the why of the gift. That it is a manifestation of God's Spirit. Get your focus on Jesus Christ. Amen. Lord, I want to love you more. I want to love you more by loving my brother and sister more, Lord. And you know what will begin to emerge? Your gift. Amen. Because <laughs> you're not focusing on the gift for the gift's sake. But you're focusing on, I'm part of the body of Christ. Mm -hmm. And God, you want me to love and pray for my sister and my brother and encourage them. And, and you want us to serve together as one, you know, organic body moving together, proclaiming Christ. As we do that, guess what? You'll be like, you know, that brother has a gift. That brother has that gift. That brother has that gift. It starts in loving one another. Amen. You know, you're going to see next week by God's grace, when we get to chapter 13, what does the apostle Paul harp on? You guys are fighting about gifts and worried about, um, let's talk about love. Mm -hmm. Powerful. Amen. It's powerful. Look at what he says in verse 19. If all were a single member, 
Where would the body be? Do you see his emphasis on the body? As it is, there are many parts. Verse 20, get one body. He keeps giving this, this, this contrast between diversity and oneness. Mm -hmm. Diversity and oneness. We all are different. We're wired differently. We got different gifts, but we're all one. Yeah. Only God can take a group of people like that with all the different personalities and gift sets, mash us all together, and have us be something beautiful. Why? Because we're indwelt by the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And the Holy Spirit uses those gifts for us to love and proclaim Christ to Amen. one another. Amen. Only God can do that. Amen. As it is, there are many different parts, yet one body. And again, God has brought all this into being. So again, he's continuing his argument using this metaphor. Look at verse 21. So, in light of this, the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you. That, that shouldn't even be among Christians, that mindset. In light of everything he just said. Nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. Wow. No part of the body, the individual part of the body, can look at another individual part of the body and say you're not needed or I'm more significant than you. That does not exist in God's eyesight. Amen. Oh, we got to get that. Why? Because we're one. And that would be as ridiculous as my hand wanting to walk away from my body. What if my hand didn't like my body? I just don't like, I don't like the rest of y'all. I'm out. Well, go ahead, leave. It's ridiculous, right? He can't leave because he's part of my body. This is what Paul was saying. And notice what he says. The eye can't say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. In other words, on the contrary, the parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. Wow. See, so starting to get down to the nitty-gritty of what these believers were wrestling with. Again, these gifts that were more out in front, and we'll see by the time we get to chapter 14, tongues, right? Gifts of prophecy, these things that, but what about all these other gifts that, that, that don't have the mic, that not everyone is like, ooh, and wowing about? What, what does Paul say? The parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. Wow. Those gifts that don't appear to be up front, that don't appear to be supernatural, that don't appear to have some miraculous, don't, don't think that your gift is better. <laughs> Look at this. And all those parts of the body, 23, that we think less honorable... We bestow the greater honor. And our unpresentable parts are treated with greater modesty. What is this point? Every part of the body is needed. Even the ones that you can't see, the ones that you think are insignificant. Mm -hmm. Go back to the metaphor. Normally when you stand up front and do anything or you work on your job, no one is looking at you and saying, man, Look at that guy's kidney. He got some nice kidneys. Mm -hmm. Wow, I wish I had kidneys like him. No, you, you, you don't see the kidneys. Right? You think the kidneys aren't important? You think the appendix is not important? I like our evolutionist friends when they say, you know, the appendix is, is like leftover from, you know, evolution. Yeah, let it go, let something happen to them. <laughs> right? right. Those parts of the body, think about, think about all the parts of your physical body that you cannot see. Think about that. This, this is Paul's point. He's using a metaphor. Don't think that they are weaker or they are less honorable. We've heard of athletes, star athletes, chisel, cut like me, six-pack, right? <laughs> 
And unfortunately, oftentimes what happens? Oh. Drop that. And, 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 and everybody's like, I, I don't understand. I don't understand. Well, the reason we say we don't understand, here's why. Not just because they were a young athlete. Athlete. We're saying we don't understand because what we saw was top-notch. We saw their performance. They were a $25 million athlete. I don't understand what happened. Why? Because we lost sight of what's inside is more significant Amen. than what's on the outside. That's right. This is what Paul is saying. It can all look good on the outside. But don't think that inside, that heart, that lung, that liver, those things you can't see are insignificant. Mm -hmm. That's the metaphor he's using, applying it to God's people. So if God's given me the gift of teaching and Pastor Emmanuel the gift of teaching and preaching, is that more significant than that person who has the gift of compassion? And just comes with the love of Christ alongside people. It's just natural for them. Is that, so, so, so what gift is more valuable? Amen. Neither. They're the same. They're the same. Because all of the gifts that we have ought to be functioning out of love. Amen. First for Christ and then for one another. Man, if we could get this, Amen. hope would be a whole different place Amen. from 2024. Amen. Amen? Amen. And that's our desire. That's our desire. Oh, that we're all functioning through one spirit, with this mindset that, that we're one. There's no dichotomy between us. There's one spirit in us. And we're going to love God first and love one another using our gift set. And when we use it and step out in faith and begin to do that, the Holy Spirit manifests himself. Amen. That's what we want for hope. Amen. Amen. Let's go to verse 24. He says, which are more presentable parts do not require. This idea of modesty in certain parts of the body are more modest than others. But notice what he says. But God has so composed the body, given greater honor to the part that lacked it. 25, why? That there may be no division in the body but that the members may have, watch this, the same care for one another. No elitism. That's not a real word. You know what I mean. What is that word, Will? That word. Elitism. Elitism. No elitism. See how the gifts are used? You stumble and somebody has the gift of... But he's saying, look, this is the way God... God has given honor to those parts that seem to be weaker. Greater honor. Why? Why does he do that? Why is there no comparison? He gives us the reason. So that there may be no division and we may have the same care for one another. Man, think about this. This is what they weren't doing. They were aligning themselves with people who were kind of more prominent, right? This is the same book in which it is written, I'm of Paul, I'm of Apollos, I'm of Cephas, right? Mm -hmm. They say, oh, well that, that, that guy has a really, I like his gift. I'll, I'll love and care on him. But those gifts over there, nah, not so much. No, 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 no. Don't belittle your brothers and sisters. Don't think we're better than someone else. Watch this. Don't be discriminatory in your love for one another. Amen. See, that's where it hits home. Mm -hmm. I remember at one of the churches I used to be on staff, we had some people who were mentally challenged. And it broke my heart because after church, they didn't have social cues. They didn't know when you're talking, wait, pause. 
Many were on the spectrum of autism. And what broke my heart, I saw how believers treated them. Oh, they weren't mean to them. They weren't mean to them. But when those dear brothers and sisters, and there was a handful of them, would come over to want to be in the conversation. Because we're just fellowshipping. We're laughing, and here they come. All of a sudden, this person got to go, oh, look, uh, I thought, hey, how you doing, man? Good to see you. Hey, Pastor, hey, I'll talk to you later. Wow. You were halfway through the conversation. Why do you got to leave all of a sudden? You should have the same love for everyone. Amen. I appreciate you come up to me and say, hey, Pastor Ron, how you doing? We're praying for you. I appreciate that. Do you go over here to this brother right here who's a little awkward? This brother over here who, yes, if you get in a conversation with him, you're going to have to say for the 15th time, hey, brother, I really do have to go. I love you, though. Or are you going to just walk past him? Because you feel he's a little more insignificant. Mm -hmm. See, this is where the rubber meets the road. Are we treating one another with the same love? Amen. Amen? Amen. This is what he's saying. Because if we don't do that, guess what's going to start to happen? We're going to start developing schisms, divisions among God's people. Mm -hmm. And you can go in churches and see it. You can go in churches and look at, yep, there's a click, there's a click, there's the hunting click, there's the, the, the geek squad quit, uh, click, oh, there's all the guys that went to seminary, they're always talking, and it's like every, nobody's interacting. It's not supposed to be like that. There should be no division in the body, and the members, again, may have the same care for one another. So look, look what he says here, practically, in verse 26. If one member suffers, who suffers? All. All suffer together. If one member is honored, guess what? All rejoice together. The oneness of the body. You get a headache. You get a migraine. You say, well, yeah, it, does. it just affects my brain. It just affects my head. No, it doesn't. Think about it. Mm -hmm. Your whole body is affected. Your whole body is affected. You can't just say, well, that's just my brain, and this is, I feel so horrible, and oh my goodness, I can't do the lights, and I just, but, but, but that's just up here. My hands are good. My hands, look, my legs are good. So I'm going to go outside, and, and, and I'm going to finish building that thing. Because these work. It's just this up here. No, 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 no. You got a migraine. Your hands don't work as well. You got a migraine, you don't feel like using your legs and walking outside. The whole body is affected. Amen. Do you see what Paul was saying? When one suffers among us, we all should feel it. Amen. I got convicted reading this. You do know we as pastors get convicted too, right? Like we're not, you know, we're just compassionate. It's you at it, because we've been beat up already by the Holy Spirit. <laughs> it's like we usually get spanked. Okay, you spanked me, God, I'm spanked up. Hmm. Guys, think about it. Do we feel that? You won't feel that. Hope, we won't feel that for one another mm -hmm. if we don't love one another genuinely. That's right. You won't, because you'll be like, oh, whatever. Yeah, so it's okay, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'll pray for him, whatever. But, but, but you don't feel, it doesn't affect the body. Amen. It's just like an afterthought. And I think that's a result of us not using our gift set to love one another and build one another up. Amen. You can't care for who you don't love. Mm -hmm. yep. You see what Paul is saying? If we suffer, we all should suffer. If one is honored, rejoice. We all should rejoice. This is, this is what a true covenantal family looks like. Amen. The idea here, practically, as we get ready to wrap up, you and I, as individuals, based on how God designed it, not how I feel, on how God designed it, as individuals, we should be so involved with one another 
when you go through, when you rejoice, when we all feel it together. Guys, do you understand this is what God desires for his church? Amen. This is what he desires for his church. Well, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just more of a private person. I'm just not wired that way. Good! That's why it's a gift. <laughs> you don't have to be wired that way. You have the Holy Spirit on the inside of you. Amen. And by the way, the Holy Spirit, just FYI, the Holy Spirit is pulling for what God says. Amen. Don't, it has nothing to do with your temperament. It has nothing to do with your personality. Mm -hmm. I get this a lot in counseling and marriage counseling when I'm talking to the husband about, you know, you know, love, patience, joy, peace, love, all those things. I look at the wife and say, do you feel that from him? And she was like, no. Oh, excuse me, no, Pastor Ron. No, I understand what it says, but you got to understand, I'm just not wired that way. I've always been a stern guy. Oh, okay. Let me see what that verse is. The fruit of the Spirit is love, peace, joy, unless you are wired as a stern guy. No, I don't see that in there. No, no, no. No, you're a true believer. You got the Holy Spirit on the inside of you. You should be exhibiting the fruit of the Spirit. Amen. It has nothing to do with your temperament. And we buy into that lie. Say, no, that's just not you. And you're like, yeah, so I'm just going to sit. But yet, look at what God is saying. One body, one spirit. I manifest myself among you guys through the manifestation of the spirit in love, one another, building one another up. Nobody putting somebody else on a higher plane. Amen. That, that the body, we saw this in the other passage, that the whole body might what? Grow up into maturity. Amen. Looking more like Jesus Christ. Is that happening at home? That's our desire. Let's wrap up. Look at verse 27. Now you are the body of Christ. Here's his conclusion coming off the metaphor. And individually members of it. You see how he keeps saying body, individual people, but you're one body. You got to be focused on both. What does this mean? God has given us Hope, a unique set of people. Amen. We, we're not going to look like every church. We're not every church. Mm -hmm. We're hope. Allentown Hope Community, the true believers that are here, you are here by God's sovereignty, and you've been gifted to be part of this body. Amen. And we will look uniquely different than the church around the corner. Amen. Just like every physical body looks different. Amen. I know somebody else sitting here already. I would about twins. Excuse me, Pastor. What about twins? Stop. Even twins look different. Mm -hmm. If you look closely, there's something different about them. Amen. This is what Paul was saying. Look at verse 28. We got to wrap up. Look at verse 28. And so he now again comes back to, and God has appointed in the church. First apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then miracles, then gifts of healing, helping, administrating, and various kinds of tongues. 29. Are all apostles? Obviously not. Are all prophets? Are all teachers? Do all work miracles? Verse 30. Do all possess gifts of healing? We'll unpack these down the road. Do all speak with tongues? Do all interpret? Do you see what Paul was doing? He goes through this whole metaphor of the body. Get your thinking right about the body first. And now he comes back to the gifts. Notice what he says. Verse 31. In light of all these gifts that are different, that God has appointed, but earnestly desire the higher gifts. And I will show you a still more excellent way. That's powerful. And you can translate that two different ways. You, you can translate that Paul saying earnestly desire something greater than these. Or are you earnestly desiring something greater than these? The point is, you know, we're going to find out in chapter 13. In light of all of this, love. <laughs> That's what you should be 
going after ultimately. Amen. 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 Father, I pray for us here at Hope. We can't speak for other churches. You will only hold us accountable for where we are in this local church. God, it's our prayer that we would understand the importance of the body. This is your design. We've been saying it, God, that church is not about coming every Sunday because it's Sunday. Church is your design. Church is the gathering of your called out believers to worship you, to use our gift set, to love one another, that we might be built up looking more like Jesus Christ as we wait his return. So Father, I pray for all of us that you would just impress upon us the importance of the body despite how we feel. This is the way you designed it. This is your standard for the local church and you will not lower it. So God, help us to have faith in it. And God, desire to love you more and to understand our place in the body. While we are individuals, oh God, please impress upon all of us, but we are part of a body yes. that you put together. And it is in that functioning of that body, oh God, we will grow in our faith and our walk with you. We can't grow the way we need to without it. So Father, thank you for your grace. Thank you for bringing this body together. We pray so much, Father, that we would just yield to the Spirit of God working in our hearts. And Father, that we would be changed as a result of your word today. So Lord, we thank you. We love you, Father. In Jesus Christ's name.